Hey, y'all. Hi, hi. That was really country. <laughs> but it's okay. It is. <laughs> okay. Because this is the space to be who you are. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Another episode of Tinseltown Tea, y'all. We What's still in the house. up? And we, you know, just in the house. Shit. What else I mean, to LA is shutting much. down completely again. I mean, so because Yahoo's out there doing the most. So, <laughs> again, here we go. <laughs> we back in the house. Um, so, yeah. Yes. Um, last week, I believe we gave you the news, got yes, you tied caught up. Yes, so ma'am. So, we're continuing to do our shortened versions of our mm-hmm. usual structure. Hopefully, soon we'll be able to go back to the full structure. That's but right. But y'all can listen to old episodes if you're missing it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So we're just going to dive right into it with a script read of the iconic and award-winning Get Out <laughs> by Sir Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Peele, y'all. Right. So um, very exciting script, very well-written script. So um, if you want to write scripts, you should probably read this script yep. to help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there it is. There Being it is. That- yep. So yeah, we're going to do a couple of scenes and fortunately and unfortunately, actually like me and Corey both rewatched it and reread it. I watched and read it at the same time. And like the themes in this movie are just too relevant right now. It's crazy. And it's probably one of the only scary movies or horror movies. I'll say Uh, I've was mustered enough strength to go see not gonna lie, went to see it because it had black people in it. And I didn't see us because I was too afraid. Again, I was That's like, scary, Jordan, you already got my coins. I'm terrified. But um, yeah, so for those of y'all who don't know about Get Out and y'all like me, it's like, I don't do scary movies. I'm gonna give you a quick summary. And then we're gonna go in to uh, some of our favorite scenes that we thought were like really cool and should highlight as a way of uh, looking at the script and the craft of it all. So um, this is from straight up from Wikipedia, y'all. Um, Get Out came 2017. Um, it was an American horror film written and directed by Jordan Peele. It was his di- directorial debut. Um, it follows the main characters named Chris Washington, played by Daniel Kalua, a young African-American man who uncovers a disturbing secret when he meets the family of his white girlfriend, Rose Armitage, and that woman is played by Allison Williams. Um, she's a, if you don't know her, she was in Girls, and she is the daughter of Brian Williams. Fun fact, who is the, uh, Brian Williams is an anchor on NBC. He's like one of the, like, one of, he's been there forever. He kind of had a scandal of uh, reporting, but Ooh. apparently they moved past that. That's fine. Um, what are you doing? Well, if I get it right, so basically he reported on something the wrong way, and when they went back to look at the like the facts of it all, they were like, mm, "That's not correct. Why did you say that?" <laughs> and he got in a lot of heat for it. So uh, mm-hmm. don't quote me on that. If y'all want to look deeper into it, go for it. Um, but yeah, but that's her daddy. There, I believe they're living and eating well, all that stuff. Um, another move, another fun fact about, uh, Get Out, it grossed 255 million worldwide on a budget of 4.5 million. So the net profit was 124 million, making it the 10th most profitable film in 2017. Yes, ma'am. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's it's yeah it got a lot of acclaim and um well as it should it was well written well done well directed jordan peele did that and they kept on giving him gigs you know more more tings if you didn't know him from um key and peel which was hilarious you know the man for um get out and all the wonderful mm-hmm. things that he's doing in that genre so mm-hmm. let's get into it all right yeah. so let me see i'm gonna remember guys um yes so Corey, help me out if i forget how to set this up but uh the first scene is sort of the uh iconic scene of where the picture of uh the character uh chris who's you know the the main actor daniel kalua where he actually goes into the sunken place and tears are streaming down his eyes and just to set it up real quick um, he's already gone with his girlfriend, arrived at the family's house, and they gave him a tour and everything. He feels like there are some things that are creepy. And in the middle of the night, he goes for just a walk, just to clear his head. He can't sleep. And he sees the groundskeeper on the uh, property. And it's an older Black man. But somehow this man is running like he is motherfucking training for track and field. It just runs past him. It is the creepiest craziest thing and so after he experienced that he was like uh okay (laughs) i'm gonna walk away and then he looks (laughs) in the mirror in the uh, excuse me he looks in the window and the light goes on as another character an older woman she's like the housemaid and she um her name is georgina and she is looking in the window but really it's just a reflection of herself she's admiring her beauty and so he thought he's caught so he's like okay let me sneak back in and so we're at the stage right now where he's sneaking back into the house and the mother of the house, her name is Missy, she catches him and invites him into, I don't want to say the boudoir, I think it's a study, but boudoir. Her office or whatever. Yeah. Her office. She's a psychologist and she already stated before that she does hypnotists to help people, uh, you know, get rid of some of their bad habits like smoking or drinking, stuff like that. Yeah. But it's all a setup for the manipulation uh, that is about to ensue. So we're going to read the part where she basically uh, takes him into the sunken place. Um, yeah. Yep. Iconic scene. So iconic. I remember when the movie came out, people were doing the drawings of the face of him crying. Mm-hmm. And oh, it was, it was. Yeah. <sighs> the internet. We niggas ain't never seen nothing like that. We never. was like, well, die. <laughs> <What is this? laughs> Truly. Truly, though. All right. So, yeah, let's get into it. Sunken place. Interior Armitage hallway night. Chris sneaks in through the door in the dark dining room. Chris moves down the hallway past Missy's office. The desk lamp turns on. Missy sits inside drinking a cup of tea. Do you know how dangerous smoking is, Chris? Chris is startled, caught for real this time. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I do. You all right? Yeah, why? You seem a little jumpy, nervous. I'm not nervous. That dude, Walter, running out there scared me. And your... Georgina comes by with the teapot. Oh, can I get you a cup? Nah, I'm good. I, 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 keep, I keep up. It'll keep me up. Come in. Chris comes in, bad idea. Interior, Missy's office, night. Georgina, Missy, and Chris sit across from each other. Georgina pouring the teapot. I've got it, Georgina. Of course. Georgina leaves. Missy starts stirring sugar into her tea. 
They're both obsessive compulsive. They get up too early. What about you? I just can't sleep. Me neither. Is it the bed? Nah, the bed's fine. Comfortable enough? It's perfect. Thanks. Enough sheets? Yup. Chris scratches the chair. Missy notices. Want to know how it works? Missy puts two sugar cubes in her cup. She begins to stir slowly, clinking the spoon softly and rhythmically against the sides of the cup. Ting, 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 ting. What? Do you swing a pocket watch in front of people's faces? You watch a lot of television. Now you're feeling very sleepy. Ting, 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 ting. They share a smile. We do use focal points sometimes, but just about any object or simple motion can guide someone to a state of heightened suggestibility. Heightened suggestibility. That's right. Why do you want to try? Nope. Definitely not for me. I understand. Now, do you smoke in front of bros? Huh? Ting, 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 ting. She's my kid. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to quit. What was your relationship with your mother like? Um, I don't... Wait, are you... Tell me. It's all right. What was your relationship with your mother like? Yeah, she worked all the time. She was funny. She loved me. Where were you when she died? Ting, 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 ting. I don't, I don't want to think about that. The mind goes where it wants to. Home, watching TV. And what do you hear? Rain. It's been raining a while. Yes. Hear that? Hear the rain? What does it sound like? Hear it. Hear it. Find it. Tell me when you find it. The sound of rain against a window slowly fades up along the muffled sound of a sitcom on television. Oh, okay, yeah. I found it. Ting, 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 ting. Oh, how old were you? 11. Good. You're 11. Now touch. Feel your surroundings. Feel every part of your body and what you touched. Feel it. Find it. Tell me when you find it. Flashback. Interior small apartment night. Close on 11-year-old Chris's hands. Scratches the bedpost nervously. Tell me when you find it. I, I found it. His toes brush the carpet as his dangling legs swing off the five-seven side of his bed. Ting, 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 ting. Present day, interior Missy's office, night. Chris's feet try to swing, but are too long. He scratches the arm of the chair in Missy's office. Are you alone? Yes. Where's your mom? She's late. Well, where is she? S something's wrong. She's still not home. What did you do? Nothing. Nothing? I, I just sat there. You didn't call anyone? No. Your aunt? No. Why not? I don't know. I thought, 
if I did, it would make it real. Ting, 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 ting. Good. Do you see it? Do you see the phone? Chris doesn't answer. You need to see it. See it. See it. Find it. Chris continues to scratch the armchair. Ting, 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 ting. Flashback. Interior small apartment night. 11-year-old Chris scratches through the wood on his bed, splintering a piece of the wood off. He watches TV from his bed next to some action figures. Chris looks at a telephone. Tell me when. 11-year-old Chris nods. Ting, 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 ting. Present day. Interior. Missy's office. Night. Chris nods and cries. I see it. You're scared. Chris nods. You think it was your fault. Chris nods. Chris's hands scratching the chair intensifies. I can't move. You can't move? He nods. That's good. Now sink into the floor. Wait, I... Think. Ting, ting. Chris's hand has compulsively scratched open the arm of the chair. His hand stops. His mouth drops and eyes open, frozen. Flashback interior small apartment night. Ting, ting. Suddenly, 11-year-old Chris falls through the bed and floor in flashback. Interior darkness. Terror. Chris, 26 again, breathes fast but falls in slow motion through darkness as if it through water. He flails towards a pitch black abyss. He's illuminated by the fading blue flicker of a large downward facing TV-like screen. On it, Missy sits speaking to him and clinking her teacup. Missy's voice is everywhere. Present day, interior, Missy's office, night. Chris's body sits in his chair motionless. He can't move. His eyes are wide open, staring straight at Missy. Interior darkness. Chris continues to slowly fall backwards away from the screen. All of a sudden, his body stops in the space. He turns upright. He's frozen in stasis. No, no, I'm, I'm done. Bring me back, please. He looks up. He can still see the screen above, but it is far away, like the mouth of a deep and expansive well. Bring me back. 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 Interior, Missy's office continuous. Missy stands. She walks towards Chris's motionless body and looks down at him through his own eyes. Interior darkness continuous. Chris looks up in the darkness. Missy comes towards him until her face is close to the screen. Mrs. Armitage. Now, you're in the second place. Missy reaches towards the screen and shuts his eyelids. The abyss goes almost completely dark. Now he's alone in the dark. He cries in terror. An end scene. Mm. Ah. Yeah. Yes, now that was a little scene there. Yes, it was. I was imagining the whole thing. Truly. And if I didn't know so many, <laughs> I didn't know you could make a teacup sound so, sound so traumatic. I mean, every time I saw, yeah. I was like, please, no more teacups. And all the memes, child. <laughs> so many memes. I just like, can't with y'all. Y'all niggas and y'all memes, child. <laughs> Lord. So, yeah, many. I'm... I'm now reading the script, I realized how she did hypnotize him because she literally 
ting ting that damn teacup after oh, every yes. revelation that she got mm-hmm. every time she would get some information from it, she would ting ting the damn teacup so yep i can definitely see how she hypnotized that man yeah and the way the the choice uh how subtle they use the different type of object as opposed to like a like he said, are you going to use a stopwatch? You kind of are used to that kind of an item, like hypnotizing people, but not this sort of like, you know, really expensive china and tea set. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, creepy. Let's see here. Yes, that was a real, real good, real good scene. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Moving along. Yep, moving right along. So I'm going to um, set this up. Forgive me, y'all, so I can make sure I have the right spot. So now we're, we're sort of like in the middle of the movie. Um, a little, well, a little bit closer into the middle of the movie. And this is the spot. And please uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the scene basically, um, in the movie, it starts off with a character. His name is Andre and it's the first scene you see, and it's played by Lakeith Stanfield and he's walking at night all alone and he is abducted in this white car, this white sports car. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, we see the sports car again from, um, the brother, Jeremy in the house. That was, that was his car. And we also see Lakeith Stanfield's character come back, but his name was different. And the main character, Chris recognizes him. Um, and there's this weird exchange because Chris is doing, you know, the black thing when you're the only one at the party and you see another black and you're like, ha ha, my people. (laughs) So he goes up to him, but like, he reacts so strange. Like he's very disconnected um, and weird and just just so off. There's something off um, about his character. Well, in this scene, you know, he, he is called in again by the father to meet all this, these people at the party that they, they have brought together. And so Chris somehow uses his phone, takes a picture of the guy because he was like, this don't, this don't seem right. And also, um, I believe his, uh, his friend, I don't know before or after, forgive me y'all, but his friend, uh, Rel is playing the character. His name is Rod. And I think they were like, he takes a picture of the dude and later shares with his friend. So it was, it was afterwards. He shares it with his friend, like, nah, that's Andre. But, um, in the, in the actual moment right here, he's Logan because Lakeith, Stanfield's body, the the character's name, of course, was Andre, is inhabited by Logan because of how they are using black and brown bodies and these white people inhabit them to kind of like live forever and kind of use those attributes, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, this is the scene where he takes the picture and we know, we understand why the movie is called Get Out because the character goes into a quote unquote seizure and warns, basically warns uh, the main character, Chris, that he has to get out the house or he, or he's, he's kaputs. So yeah, that's that. Um, there's a lot of characters in the scene. We're going to be doing multiple characters. Yes, um, I got my voices ready. Okay. And I will be doing narration and I have my, uh, I have my list of characters now. Um, shout out to Corey who uh, saved me last time. I forgot I was somebody and she just stepped right in. How <laughs> Come on. Come on. Oh, my God. 
Okay, so yeah. So yes, so uh, I'm gonna start just a heads up for you. um, Exterior backyard afternoon. I believe that's where we start. Okay, cool, cool. Here we go. Exterior backyard afternoon. Chris walks back into the backyard where Dean entertains seven people Chris hasn't met. They turn as Chris approaches, smiling eagerly. They all seem to share a private joke. Chris, there you are, my brother. I wanted to introduce you to some of my old friends. We'll do it quickly down the line. David and Marsha uh, Wincott, uh, Ronald and uh, Celia Jeffries, uh, Her. Heriko uh, Tanaka, forgive me, Lord, and uh, Frederick and uh, Jessica Walden. Each couple, David and Marsha, Ronald and Celia, Heriko, oh, forgive me, Hiroki, yeah, Hiroki, Frederick, and Jessica waves as they they are named. Too many names to remember, but hi. The couples all laugh nervously. Can we ask him a question? Uh, Of course. Do you find that being African-American has more advantages or disadvantages in the modern world? Chris pans the crowd who all give him their undivided attention. The silence is long. He looks for Rose. She's off talking to someone. Yeah, I don't know, man. They all smile like hungry vampires. Chris is very uncomfortable with this unprovoked group interrogation. Andre slash Logan and Philomena approach. That's actually a great question. Logan, they were um, asking me about the African-American experience. Maybe you could take this one, brother. Andre and Logan, excuse me, Andre slash Logan is a little caught off guard, but dives in. My life as an African-American has been for the most part very good. It's hard to be too specific as I haven't much desire to leave the house in a while. The crowded the crowd chuckles. Chris takes out his phone. We've become homebodies. But recently, even when you go to the city, I've just had no interest. The chores are my sanctuary. With the attention on Andre slash Logan, Chris raises his phone towards Andre slash Logan and the group and snaps a picture. The flash pops. Shit. Everyone turns to Chris. Andre slash Logan steps forward and looks at Chris oddly. His head cocks a little and his peaceful expression drifts slowly to a maddening horror. Some of the party guests gasp. Logan? Andre slash Logan drops his glass and stumbles towards Chris. Chris backs up, but Andre is already up in his space. Get out. Andre slash Logan's voice is higher and scratchy, like it was in the first scene. Hey, man, I'm sorry. Andre slash Logan grabs Chris by the shoulders and screams shrillingly. Blood trickles out of his nose. Get the fuck out of here! (laughs) Philomena and Jeremy grab Andre. They have to pry Andre slash Logan's grip off of Chris. When they do, Andre slash Logan screams blood curdingly. <laughs> it takes all their strength to bring him into the house. Missy follows. Interior living room, afternoon. Rose sits on the couch, arms crossed. Chris comforts her, but is clearly traumatized. A few other concerned guests mill around. 
Dean enters and clears his throat. Everyone gives him their attention. What the fuck was that? It was a seizure. A seizure? Why did he come at me like that? Seizures have a wide range of effects. Yeah, but randomly attacking people? The flash on the phone must have triggered it. Andre slash Logan enters with Missy and Philomena to smothering of concern and applause. Oh, sorry, that's in the, sorry. Jeremy follows. Yeah, that was, sorry. Andre slash Logan enters with Missy and Philomena at the smattering of concerned applause. Jeremy follows. Andre slash Logan addresses the group in his Logan voice. Chris now looks at him like he recognizes him. Well, I do believe I owe you all an apology. The group grumbles. We're just glad you're feeling yourself again. Well, yes, I am. Thank God you were here to calm me down. I know I scared you all quite a bit, especially you, Chris. No, I'm sorry, The Flash. I I didn't know. Of course not. How could you have? You shouldn't have been drinking either. Right. Now you all have to proceed without the aid of my marvelous wit. The whole ordeal has left me quite a bit exhausted. The group chuckles. Of course. It was nice meeting you. Yeah. Chris is skeptical. Something to brighten the mood? Missy shows Philomena and Logan out. Andre and Philomena leave. Yes, uh, I think it's time for my dad's favorite, sparklers and bingo. Yes, bingo. The group applauds. Dean gives Rose and Chris sparklers. We're going on a walk. Rose grabs Chris, Chris's hand, and leads him out the front door. He pulls away from her as they leave. Exterior of the woods, afternoon. Rose and Chris walk by the lake. Their sparklers fizzle. My cousin is epileptic. That wasn't a seizure. I mean, my dad is a neurosurgeon. How long have you known that guy? Not at all. I've known Philomena since I was little. Her husband died last year. Logan is new. Why? I don't know. This is gonna sound weird, but when he got up in my face like that, I got this feeling like I knew him. You know Logan? No, I don't know Logan. I know that guy who grabbed me. Chris, that doesn't make any sense. Exterior backyard, same time. With Chris and Rose with Chris and Rose are away, the party guests have all gathered in the backyard facing Dean who stands in front of the gazebo by a large picture of Chris on an easel. Everyone is silent. Dean raises his hand and makes numbers with his fingers. Three and three. Several party guests raise their hands. Dean points to the Waldens. This is an auction. Exterior, the woods, same time. Rose and Chris are in a little nook in the trees. No, 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 don't do this. I don't know what to say. I think your mom got in my head. I think she got into my head. I thought she helped you. No, she didn't. She got in my head. She fucked some shit up there. And since then, Chris shuts down. Chris, I'm, I'm here. Talk to me. Interior backyard, same time. Dean raises his hand again, making more numbers with his fingers. Four, five. Gordon Green raises his hand. Dean points to him accepting his bid. 
exterior woods same time it's not about what's happening it's about what's actually happening what's happening explain it to me i'm sorry i don't understand yes everyone's crazy out here but don't take it out on me i'm not i'm not i just need to go you want me to stay here whatever you want i need to go rose sinks she tries to hide a tear after, <laughs> after a long silence i'm late what late i should have gotten my period like last week um i mean i did change my birth control so it could just be that but chris thinks silently so i don't know what to say Say anything. Exterior, backyard, same time. The auction is flying now. Dean's hand signals are going fast. It's down to three couples. Dean signals, five and six. Mr. Green raises his hand. Dean points. Dean signals, five, eight. Mrs. Dietz raises her hand. Dean points. Dean, Dean signals, six. Jim Hudson raises both his hands and signals, 10. His chauffeur stands behind him, whispering in his ear. Dean points to him. Dean scans the crowd, sing signaling. 10, 2, 10, 2. The crowd looks around. No one is challenging. Dean smiles. Finally, Dean bangs his fur, his, yes, well, excuse me. Finally, Dean bangs his fist onto his open palm and points to Jim Hudson. Jim's chauffeur whispers in his ear. The guests clap in a mixture of delight and disappointment. Exterior woods, dusk. Chris and Rose sit watching the sunset over the lake. Chris kisses her hand. He hears the faint applause in the distance. He looks in the direction of the house. I didn't tell you that to make you stay. I just thought you should know. I told you about the night my mom died. How I didn't call 911. Didn't go out looking for her. Baby. One hour went by, then two, three. I just sat there. I just watched TV. It wasn't your fault. Found out later she had survived the initial by the side of the road all night, cold and alone. And that's how she died in the early morning, cold and alone. And I was watching TV. There was time. If someone was looking for her, there was time, but no one was looking. Chris cries. Rose cries for him. You were just a kid. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's nothing you could have done. I could have tried, could have tried. Rose almost responds, but doesn't. She gets it. You're all I got now. I'm not gonna leave you without you. I'm not going to abandon you, okay? She wipes her tears and nods. Let's go back home. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, you're right. This sucks. I'll make something up. We'll go back. I love you. I love you too. The two get up and walk back toward the house. Exterior, front lawn, dusk. Chris and Rose approach the house as the last of the guests get into their cars and drive up. Drive off, excuse me. That was fast. Yeah. The guests wave to Walter and Georgina, who stand at the front door, and then to Chris and Rose. Jeremy hangs out on the porch. He seems less menacing than before, 
Parker and April Dre are leaving. Parker is tipsy. Bye, Chris. It was a pleasure meeting you. I hope you, Chris and Rose, wave. Come on, Parker. Before you say something stupid, Chris laughs. Walter shuts the door behind Lisa. Walter stands pleasantly watching the cars leave. He turns to Chris with the same old smile. Chris and Rose enter the house. And scene. Pretty good scene, but it's annoying as fuck because you know the bitch is lying. Oh my God. And she played that real cool all the way up to the point with them keys, child. I was like, oh, this bitch, this bitch ain't got the keys. She finna, oh, she finna turn on him. And that switch, baby, that was creepy as hell. That shit had me, yeah, she was uh, a good actress, so I can say. Yes, terrified. Just <laughs> terrifying, for sure. all I can say. Mm-hmm. A good actress and a line ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... This line has little girl. <laughs> right. And when you see the movie, like, some of this was taken out. So where, where she was talking about yeah. her being late, that wasn't in the movie. Mm-hmm. But they, I think he did a really good job of, like, at the same time they're talking the auction was going on for his body, you know? So it was like a good back and forth to the silence of like them not even saying anything and then him saying everything, like giving the backstory of why he blames himself for what happened as a child and everything and her using that to stall. Um, Yeah, her using that to stall and eventually um, to, you know, be in cahoots with her family to um, take over his body. Tomfoolery. Yeah, yeah, absolute tomfoolery. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they did that. That was a good scene. Mm-hmm. Good way to put some backstory in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too bad it just fell on deaf ears. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that time I was like, okay, zero fucks about what you was talking about, sir. <laughs> My God, <laughs> I cringed when he was like, "You're all I have." I said, "Oh no." Oh, yeah, re-watching re- that, I was like, ooh, them white girl tears, man. Right? Bamboozled out <laughs> here. Crocodile tears. Oh, no. Don't do it. Reconsider. Read the literature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My God. You saw it on the subject, you sure? <laughs> All righty. So, mm-hmm. we're going to go to a funny scene now, because as you know, yes. get out very comedic um, mm-hmm. because Jordan Peele uh, did comedy for a I hot mean, little minute. So he had so to funny. add funny stuff in there, but it was not a comedy, guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the Golden Globes put it in the comedy category. You remember that? Rude. Rude. Y'all, niggas, y'all think this is funny, huh? How the consumption fucking... of black bodies is funny to y'all. Okay. How cute. fucking dare you? Period. <laughs> Real cute. Um, but it was not a comedy, but it, it had comedic elements. So it was a horror with comedic element, guys. Right. So this scene, I thought was just hilarious. It was a very simple scene, but it was just fucking funny. It's because so it had Will Rail in it, who plays Rod, which is Chris's friend, mm-hmm. who basically figures out the shenanigans that's going on and saves Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a TSA agent, if you didn't know. Original and TSA agent. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it has Erica Alexander, which you guys, I always call her Maxine. The legend. That's 
I mean, she just can never escape Maxine in my eyes. I mean, she and I'm played sure she her so well. She I did. mean, she is Maxine. Maxine is her. Mm-hmm. So um, it has Erica Alexander in it playing a detective with a horrible wig. <laughs> but I mean, when you look at the wig, it is the type of wig that a black detective her age would be wearing. So I had mm-hmm. to just, I had to put things into perspective. And, you know, um, I got over the wig choice. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so very funny scene, very short, but it's just very comedic to me. These two people playing off of each other. So good. Part of me feels like they improvise, too. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. We'll we'll see when we read the little script. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So, yep. Okay, I'll get into it. Okay. Interior police station. Okay, so this is the part where uh rod is starting mm-hmm. to figure out that something's going on and that chris is probably in a fucked up situation he needs to save him so he initially goes to the popo because that's what you're supposed to do they're supposed to help your ass out as we know <laughs> they don't mm. but he goes to the popo first try to do the good thing and see if they will help him go extract extract chris <laughs> from the armitage uh properties because okay. uh, he knows that he has been taken and so this, boy is the, uh, this is the scene where he's explaining and trying to get them to help him. Mm-hmm. So interior police station day, Rod sits at a desk with Sid on his lap. Detective Latoya Forty, African-American, enters. She's been doing this too long. She speaks to someone outside her office. Then he should have gone back up there and made sure everything was accounted for. Because, hey, look, how about this? If you record the evidence, you're responsible for it. Latoya shuts the door and sits at her desk. She begins opening and eating a bag of sunflower seeds. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Uh, Williams. Fry Williams. Uh, from TSA? Yes, ma'am. You know that TSA issues should be brought to your authorizing officer, right? It's not TSA business, ma'am. Please don't call me, ma'am, or you're not going to get along, or we're not going to get along. Uh, how can I help you, Rob Williams, uh, from the TSA? Why is she saying the TSA? <laughs> She's so black. Oh, my God. The TSA. Ooh, okay. Back in character. <laughs> Here it is. My boy Chris has been missing for two days. Uh, your son is missing? No, sorry. Not, not my son. My boy. He's my friend. He's 26. His name is uh, Chris Washington. He gives her time to write the name, which she doesn't do. She just stares at him. He left town on Friday with his girlfriend, Rose Armitage. She's white. That's four days ago? Yeah, I mean, he's only been missing for two days. He was supposed... I'm going to stop you right there. Now, you know the minimum amount of time without contact before you can file a missing persons report is... Three days, I know but I have reason to believe he's been abducted. Go on. Chris was set to come back home on Sunday. I was watching his dog, Sid. Latoya points to Sid. That, that's Sid? Yep, cute, right? Now look, Rod takes out his phone and scrolls to a photo of Andre. Chris sent me this, which he took at the girlfriend's parents' house. That's Andre Hayward, a guy we knew from back in the day. Come to find out, he went missing six months ago in an affluent suburb upstate. Doesn't look missing to me. Well, that's the thing. We found him, and now, according to Chris, he's 
got a different personality. Different how? This dude is from Brooklyn. He doesn't used to dress like that. I didn't used to dress like this. Plus, now he's married to a white woman twice his age. Well, that explains the clothes. Look, Rob Williams from the TSA. I know, I know. I'm working up to it. Look, I know what I'm about to say is going to sound crazy. Try me. You ready for this? I think this family is abducting Black people and brainwashing them to work for them as sex slaves and shit. Sorry. Sorry about the shit. Brainwashing? Yeah. Hold on a second. Garcia, Drake, get in here a second. I want to tell you. I want you to tell these officers exactly what you just told me. Interior police station moments later, two detectives, Garcia 37 and Drake 43, stand behind Latoya. See, I don't know if the hypnosis makes you a slave or what, but they already got two brothers that we know of, and who knows how many more there could be. The officers are all riveted. Then, all three officers, or all three detectives laugh. Rod is not being taken the slightest bit seriously. So I don't want none of you saying I don't do nothing for you. White girls will get you every time. They all laugh harder and end scene. <laughs> <laughs> Just a funny little rip back and forth scene. Great wonderful. dialogue. Um, you could tell it was like a cat and mouse game, which is what we love to have our dialogue do. Mm-hmm. It's just great. Perfect dialogue in here. Didn't break it up with too much action. That's how you know the dialogue is good when he didn't have to break it up with action all the time. Right. It was well-written uh, comedic scene, I think. Yes. Opinion. No, very, very well. And then even when you watch it acted and like understanding the like timing, like what makes comedy perfection is the timing and mm-hmm. Rel and Erica Alexander were so like great in that moment, yeah. that small piece back and forth with her being serious and like really like, uh-huh, listening to him and then pulling the okie doke like, let me get these detectives in here so they can hear this tomfoolery. Um, mm-hmm. And she sure had laughed in his face and sent him on his way. Also, the TSA was great. Uh, Rod <laughs> Williams from the TSA. I was like, my God, that's very black. I don't know I why. Don't do that. Now, why I got to do stuff like that all the time? Like, like, TSA is not a real organization. <laughs> like, okay, the TSA. Like, so. The TSA. <laughs> like, it is what? Yes. Y'all so crazy. But I love you. I love you down. Oh, okay. my God. Way to capture that, Jordan Peele. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you couldn't have had the two. That's just perfect casting all around. Yeah. Like, just perfect casting. Nobody could have did that better than her. With a hundred. A hundred. And he didn't even write. A lot of the times, he didn't, like you were saying about the timing. The timing was important because I remember everything about the scene. I yes. remember how they acted each line. Yes. Um. And yeah, he didn't even add like the pausing and stuff in his oh. dialogue. They just kind of took it and ran with it, child. Yeah. And as a writer, you don't got to do that because you got to let the actors do they do they they thistle. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, that's a little tidbit. And you they know? did the damn thing. They did the damn thing. Mm-hmm. All right, so last scene is the climactic scene of Chris killing all them motherfuckers and escaping. Yes. Um, my favorite scene. It's a lot of action, not a lot of dialogue. 
So um, there's going to be a lot of action going on because mm-hmm. this whole scene is visual of him escaping and killing the entire family so swiftly. I was like, yes, you motherfucking better. Come on. Um, so yeah, my fa- I think it's one of my favorite scenes um, just because it's, it's so suspenseful. You're on the edge of your seat. And yeah. you really just want to see this nigga get out, bro. Like, yes. I just know everyone was like on the edge of your seat. you like, please let him make it out. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> My soul ain't able, child. Okay. So, yeah. Great scene. And we're reading this because of the action in here is really good. Yep. This whole script was under 100 pages, y'all. And it's a feature film. So that's, that's, that's telling y'all something. Yes. Um, y'all can really compact and get concise with your, with your writing now, mm-hmm. which is what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So I think in this scene, in terms of the writing and action, he did a good job of kind of shortening and really just doing the whole less is more thing so mm-hmm. hopefully that comes through when we read it out loud yep and i'm taking notes because i'm terrible at less is more i'd be like more is more and they'd be like no that's not correct <laughs> at all so i'm be doing <laughs> i will be doing the narration and um the I'm main character all the characters <laughs> yes yes because everyone has literally one line here this scene is all acting y'all mm-hmm all right so let's do the damn thing okay interior games room jeremy enters with the wheelchair he unstraps chris's arms then legs then turns to appear to prepare his iv chris raises behind jeremy with a buka ball in his hand he's not really hypnotized he hits jeremy in the back of the head with the buka ball jeremy crumps in pain excuse me crumbles in pain Chris hits him again. Jeremy falls limp and blood rushes from his head. Interior operating room. Dean is busy sawing Jim's cranium off. Interior games room. Chris takes the earplugs out of his ear and can hear again. Interior operating room. Dean finishes sawing the top of Jim's skull off. He removes the cranium precisely, exposing Jim's brain. Jeremy? Dean walks to the doorway and scans the dark hallway. It's quiet. Chris emerges, charging from the darkness with Deer's head in his hand, in his arms. He punctures Dean through the neck and body with the antlers. Dean and, Dean and stumbles back into the operating room, bleeding from neck and torso. Ah. <laughs> his scream gargles. Dean falls, knocking a candle over, which lights the unused bed on fire. The fire grows fast. Chris slams the door shut and continues through the dark hallway, lined with ceremonial photos. He finds the pitch black stairwell ascends to interior kitchen night. Georgina sits nearby knitting. The window, like before, reflects the room around them. She sniffs the air. She's suddenly afraid. She turns off the light, illuminating the backyard. She turns the light back on again. Chris, bloody's reflection, emerges from the basement door behind hers. He looks savage. Georgina runs out to the back door. Chris heads to the door, but sees his phone on the dining room table. He goes for it. Interior Missy's office continuous. Chris picks up his phone and presses the power button. The loading screen comes on. Chris walks to the front door. They see each other. The teacup is on the table by the chair in the middle of the room. They both go for it. Chris gets there first. He knocks the teacup off the desk, shattering it. They stare at each other, down for a moment. Missy walks towards her desk, and Chris follows. 
Missy grabs the letter opener from the desk and stabs him through the hand. Chris grabs her wrist. He is unhinged. He pushes his forehead against hers in show of primal dominance. In this moment, he becomes a being motivated by revenge. No, no, no! Chris screams in rage. He pushes Missy further into her office. We hear the struggling screams of an exuberating, excuse me, yes. Oh no, excuse me, let me go back. We hear the struggle and screams of an excruciating fight. We see a quick flash of a stab. We hear a crash as a lamp light turns off. The fight sounds slow down. Missy gargles. Chris comes out of the room bloodier than before, holding a letter opener. Interior foyer continuous. Chris turns toward the front door. Jeremy comes out of nowhere with blood all over his face and puts Chris in a rear naked chokehold. Chris attempts to stab Jeremy behind him twice, but can't reach him. Chris grabs the doorknob and opens the door. Jeremy slams it shut. The struggle continues and Jeremy's choke sinks in deeper. Chris goes for the door again. Jeremy kicks the door shut, propelling them both back into the wall. Chris looks down. He gets an idea, but is losing consciousness fast. With his last bit of awareness, Chris makes a final push towards the door, reaches for the doorknob again, and seemingly futile pursuit. Chris opens the door again. Jeremy kicks the door again. Chris stabs Jeremy in the leg. Jeremy falls to his knees. Chris kicks him to the ground. Chris stomps on Jeremy's head three times. Jujitsu this motherfucker. Chris turns the keys. Excuse me. Chris takes the keys from Jeremy's pocket. Moments later, interior Rose room night. Rose, excuse me, Rose sits on her bed listening to music and researching college basketball. All her photos are up again. Interior sports car night. The sports car takes off. Chris is in the driver's seat. The tubular metal helmet sits next to him in the passenger seat. His phone finally turns on. There's a small amount of battery. He turns the ignition. The English to French tutorial comes on. I seem to have misplaced my passport. Je crois avoir again mon passeport. <laughs> Chris peels off, driving fast through the field into the night. Interior sports car on rural road. Chris calls 911. 911 emergency. I'm at the Armitage. Chris looks in the rearview mirror. All of a sudden, bam, the car slams into and over Georgina, who in the night seems to have come out of nowhere. Interior, Rose's room night. Rose takes off her headphones. She heard something. Exterior, Armitage, front lawn night. He drives on a few more seconds on a flat tire, but then stops the car. Chris breathes heavy. Oh, no, don't do it. Just get the fuck out of here. Just go, just... He looks back and sees Georgia's body, laying motionless. Chris flashes back. Interior, young Chris, apartment night. Young Chris watches TV in his apartment. Interior, sports car night. Chris looks back at Georgina. Fuck. Exterior, Armitage, front lawn night. Chris gets out of the car to get Georgina. The house is beginning to burn from book from deep inside, he lifts her up and interior sports car night. Moments later. Where is the nearest train station? Oh, es la gar la plus prochaine. He puts Georgina into the passenger seat of the car. He shuts the door and gets in the driver's seat. He floors it. As Rose comes out of the house with a rifle. 
Grandma! After a moment of driving, Georgina's eyes open and she rises. She is Grandma. The wig slides off her head, revealing an old surgical scar around the top of her head. Chris hasn't noticed her yet. He reaches for his phone. Can you please call the police? Annoyed, Chris turns off the sound system just before Georgina grabs his face. They both scream. Chris veers the car into a tree. Georgina's head hits the windshield hard and bursts open. She's dead. So is the car. A bullet hits the rearview mirror. Rose stands with the rifle a hundred feet behind the car. Chris crawls out of the car and runs. Rose shoots a tree and starts reloading. Grandpa, get him. Walter, the groundskeeper, runs from behind Rose at top speed. Walter is Grandpa, a.k.a. Roman Armitage, and he's so fast. As Walter slides Roman, sprints across the front lawn straight at him. Walter's hat flies off, revealing the surgical scar around his head like the others. Walter Roman closes the gap quickly. As Chris reaches the road, Walter slash Grandpa uh, pounces like a jaguar and rolls him over his backs over on his back he grabs chris's face damn you to hell rose arrives behind them you ruined everything chris blinded raises his phone to walter's face he takes a picture flash straight into walter roman's eyes walter roman doesn't shoot instead he looks up rose is confused as to why walter roman has stopped what grandpa Walter Roman raises and gathers his bearings. His eye is cocked and blood trickles out of his nose. He holds his hand out for the gun. He gives it, she gives it to him. Walter Roman shoots Rose in the stomach. She falls. Walter turns to Chris. His face changes when Walter's anger to Roman's anger. He points the gun at Chris. I never beat Jesse's time. What? Walter Roman raises the gun under his chin and shoots himself through the head. He falls, approaching sirens blare in the distance. Chris lays in shock. It's over until Rose is still alive. Blood pours from her mouth. Ah! She goes for the gun and grabs it, but Chris pulls her away and ends up on top. Wait, wait, Chris, Chris. Chris chokes her. Tears stream down his face. Chris is lost in violence. Rose convulses. She scratches his hand and cheeks. He's too strong. She stares at Chris's eyes as her consciousness fades. Then, through her agony, her face curls into a twisted smile. Psycho. Chris pulls his hands off her neck. She's not going to make him a monster. Rose is confused. Sure he would do it. Cold and alone. Rose grimaces in agony. Her wound is bleeding a lot now. Sirens flash, siren lights flash on the side of their heads. The scene doesn't look good. Chris turns towards them, raising his hands. Rose smiles again and pleads with the approaching officers. Help, help, he's trying to kill me. The driver of the car opens the door. It's Rod. The sirens are coming from a TSA security vehicle. Oh shit, Chris. You fuck now, huh? Chris hobbles to the car. He gets in the passenger side. The gravity of what he's been through sits in. Rod looks at Chris. Rod takes a gauge, oh, excuse me. Rod tries to gauge Chris's mental state by seeing he tries to break the tension. Chris is silent and emotionless, not a smirk. 
Rod realizes he may be too late to save Chris's sanity. Rod looks at Rose through the windshield. What about her? I think we need some time apart. Chris looked at Rod and gives a little smirk. Rod exhales in relief. Rod does a three-point turn. Rod and Chris drive away, leaving Rose to die. I told you to get the fuck out the house, man. Rose watches the car leave. Interior, Rod's car night. Chris, in the passenger seat, watches Rose get smaller in the rearview mirror. He takes a breath and shuts his eyes. End scene. And end script. Yes, end of movie. Mm-hmm. I would never, ever date ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like, well, single life for me forever. Right? <laughs> like, hey, I'm going on with Like, love is not real. <laughs> like, my God. Woo, what an ordeal. So yeah, yeah. it's a get out screech. Mm-hmm. And you're so right, beautiful. girl, that action, so much. So much action, but it was so concise. It was straight yes. to the point. And I could still visualize mm-hmm. everything. Yes. I think everyone, they did it exactly to the T of his action. Mm-hmm. They did. And they that's the cool thing, like, that he made sure all of the necessary action was in there. And I know for me as a writer, that's why I'm like, oh, I need this, I need that. It's like, no, you just need the necessary action. And you can still make it engaging. You know what I mean? When he wrote that part where um, uh, Chris was choking her and then how mm-hmm. like a little bit at the end she smiled, I saw that in the, in the yeah. movie and how he kept it away. And that little point is like psycho. It's like, yeah, this is psychotic. Like sometimes it just takes a little few words to finesse to Mm -hmm. really like, you can capture the moment without like saying a whole bunch, you know? Exactly. And yeah, I can't remember the scene where he's fighting the brother and he's trying to open the door and the brother kicks it. And I could see in his head of him thinking, let me do it one more time to get him to kick it so I can stab his leg. And he wrote that in the script. Yep. He thought of the idea and Daniel just played to the T. So it was was just great actors with a great script, which Mm -hmm. makes a great movie. So everyone did they thing in this one. So I can say. Yep. 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 And even like, it's, you know, it's still relevant. It was relevant then and relevant now, but even the part where like she even though she did all that stuff to him and she saw the cops and she was like, he's trying to kill me. I was like, Ooh, that sound like these Karens out mm-hmm. here. Always trying to use these cops against, against our black and brown brothers and sisters. Right. These Karens Ooh. and these babies. And what's that? As we knew that if it was actually the police, he Been was going to be gone. Been new. It was a chance for him, even though he was the victim, it was mm-hmm. never going to be a chance for him. Mm-hmm. The world we live in, child. It's, it's crazy. But, uh, Thank God it was Mr. TSA, Rob from the TSA. Uh, probably the, the one day. time we happy to see TSA. <laughs> one time. The rest time they get on my nerves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for saying TSA people listening. Stop. No. It's my experience. With <laughs> period. Look, there's so many good bottles of cocoa butter I've had to throw away because you motherfuckers. But, mm. you know, I'm going to let that go for safety but or the little safety but uh mm. the cocoa butter is not cheap y'all truly that's all we got to say <laughs> anyways <laughs> y'all definitely read that script 100%. it's a good script um why am i saying it with the t it's a good script <laughs> um 
and uh, like do like Judith did, read it while you watch it so you can see what got taken out so that you can then analyze why did that get taken out? Why should I take out things like this in my script? So it's a good way to teach yourself, um, to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, get to it guys. Yep. And we do script reads over here. Yep. Pretty much. But yeah, that's the um, end of this episode. You can follow us on Tinseltown Tea on mm -hmm. Instagram. That's where we're the most active. And uh, um, yeah, check out all the things. I know Corey plugging in the Yes Girl shop. Um, I'm going to plug it because it, support Black-owned businesses. She's a boss. Go ahead and go to the shop and, and go ahead and buy some stuff. There's going to be a new collection coming out. So while you hoes are in the house, you can still look cute in the house. Come on now. Still look cute. Y'all can. Okay, I'm going to go ahead. I've been, I've been always forgetting, but I'm going to go ahead and purchase some stuff because, um, you know, I can only wear the same shirt but so many times in the quarantine. So I need to re-up <laughs> and you might as well go ahead. Uh, yesgirlshop.com. Is that correct? I don't want to fuck it up. Yes. Okay. Yes, girl shop. Mm -hmm. And you can also purchase a tea for the nonprofit that we are forming as well. Yes. Um, called Black by Enemies Necessary, y'all. It's for the community. So let's support. Um, all of the proceeds for that tea will go to the nonprofit because we we got to get ourselves together. That's all I got to say. I talk about this all the time. So y'all know where my head be at. Yep. She, <laughs> means what she, she means what she says. She does what she does. Period. Poo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And with that, we're going to let y'all go. We'll see you next yes. week. And yeah, be safe out there. Um, continue to fight the good fight. Be safe. Wear your mask. Please, please, everybody wear your mask. Please. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and uh yeah be safe love yourself keep writing it as much as possible yeah. self-care please do all of that all that mm -hmm. all that all right y'all see you next time bye